Section seventeen of Cleek of Scotland Yard by Thomas W. Hanshew. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter fourteen. He lived up to the letter of his promise. In an hour, he had said when he walked out, and it was an hour to the very tick of the minute when he came back. Mr. Narkom, knowing him so well, knowing how, in the final moments of his coup, he was apt to become somewhat spectacular and theatrical, looked for him to return with a flourish of trumpets and carry all before him with a whirlwind rush, so that it came in the nature of a great surprise when, with the calmness of a man coming in to tea, he entered the stable with a large stone bottle in one hand and an ostler's sponge in the other. "'Well, gentlemen, I am here, you see,' he said with extreme calmness, "'and, indicating the bottle, have brought something with me to do honour to the event. No, not to drink. It is hardly that sort of stuff. It is spirit of wine, Major. I found it over in Farrow's cottage, and have brought it with me, as he, poor chap, meant to do in time himself.' "'There are some wonderful things in Tom Farrow's cottage, Major. "'They will pay for looking into, I assure you. "'Pardon, Mr. Narkom? "'A criminal? "'Oh, no, my friend, a martyr.' "'A martyr? A martyr? "'Yes, your ladyship, yes, Major, a martyr. "'A martyr to his love, a martyr to his fidelity.' "'As square a man and as faithful a trainer as ever set foot in a stable-yard, that's Tom Farrow. "'I take off my hat to him. The world can do with more of his kind.' "'But, my dear sir, you said that it was he that spirited away the animal, "'that it was he and he alone who was responsible for her disappearance.' "'Quite so. And I say it again. Gently, gently, Major.' I'll come to it in a minute. Personally, I should like to put it off to the last. It's such a fine thing for a finish, by Jove. But, well, it can't be done under the circumstances. In other words, there is a part of this little business this evening which I must ask Lady Mary not to stop to either hear or see. But as she is naturally interested in the matter of Highland Lassie's disappearance, I will take up that matter first and ask her to kindly withdraw after the filly has been restored. "'Gad! You've found her, then? You've got her?' "'Yes, Major, I've got her. And as I promised that I would put her bridle into your hand with the animal herself at the other end of it, why, here you are.' Speaking, he walked across to the box where the brown filly was tethered, unbolted it, unfastened the animal, and led her out. "'Here you are, Major,' he said, as he tendered him the halter. "'Take hold of her, the beauty, and may she carry off the Derby stakes with flying colours.' "'But, good lad, man, what on earth are you talking about? "'This is Chocolate Maid. This is Lady Mary's horse.' "'Oh, no, Major, oh, no. Chocolate Maid is in the stable at Farrow's Cottage.' hidden away and half-starved, poor creature, because he couldn't go back to feed and look after her. 
this is your bonny highland lassie dyed to look like the other and to throw possible horse-nobblers and thieves off the scent if you doubt it look here he uncorked the bottle poured some of the spirit of wine on the sponge and rubbed the animal's brown flank the dark colour came away the sorrel hide and the white splotch began to appear and before you could say jack robinson the major and lady mary had their arms about the animal's neck and were blubbing like a couple of children oh my bully girl oh my spiffing girl oh mary isn't it clinking dear the lassie the island lassie her own bonny self yes her own bonny self major said cleek and you'd never have had a moment's worry over her if that faithful fellow upstairs had been suffered to get back here that night and to tell you about it in the morning i've had a little talk with oh well somebody who is in a position to give me information that corroborates my own little shots at the matter i'll tell you all about that later on and so am able to tell you a thing or two that you ought to have known before this i don't know whether lieutenant chadwick's coming here and prying about had any wish to do harm to the horse at the back of it or not i only know that farrow thought it had and he played this little trick to block the game and to throw dust into the eyes of anybody that attempted to get at her what he did then was to dye her so that she might be mistaken for chocolate maid then to take chocolate maid over to his own stable and hide her there until the time came to start for epsom that's what he wanted the pail of water for major to mix the dye and to apply it i half suspected it from the beginning but i became sure of it when i found that scrap of paper in the bedding of the box it was still wet a bit of the label from the dye bottle which came off in the operation between the poor chap's fingers i found stains of the dye still remaining spirit of wine would have removed it but washing in water wouldn't pardon your ladyship when did i begin to suspect that farrow was at the bottom of it oh when first i heard of the poisoned dog nobody ever heard it bark when the poisoner approached the stables that of course meant that the person who administered the poison must have been someone with whom it was familiar and also someone who was already inside the place since even the first approaching step of friend or foe would have called forth one solitary bark at least farrow didn't do the things by halves you see he meant it to look like a genuine case of horse-stealing to outsiders and killing the dog gave it just that touch of actuality which carries conviction as for the rest the major must tell you that in private your ladyship the rest of this little matter is for men alone lady mary bowed and passed out into the fast-coming dusk and in the stable the major cleek and narkom stood together waiting until she was well beyond earshot now major we will get down to brass tacks as our american cousins say said cleek when that time at length came 
you would like to know i suppose how poor pharaoh came by his injuries and from whose hand well you shall he was coming back from his cottage after stabling the real chocolate made there when the thing happened and he received those injuries for rushing to the defence of the woman he loved and attempting to thrash the blackguard who had taken advantage of her trust and belief in him to spoil her life for ever the woman was of course maggie mcfarland the man was your charming guest captain mctavish good god mctavish mctavish yes major the gallant captain who received such a sudden call to rejoin his regiment as soon as he knew that tom farrow was likely to recover and to speak perhaps you can understand now why farrow and the girl no longer seemed to hit it off together as formerly the gallant captain had come upon the boards dazzled by the beauty of him tricked by the glib tongue of him deluded into the belief that she had actually caught a gentleman and that he really meant to make her his wife and take her away to india with him when he went the silly innocent confiding little idiot became his victim and threw over a good man's love for a handful of dead sea fruit never for one instant had tom farrow an idea of this but the night before last as he crossed the moor he knew in the darkness he stumbled upon the truth he heard her crying out to the fellow to do her justice to keep his word and make her the honest wife he had promised that she should be and he heard too the man's characteristic reply you can guess what happened major when you know tom farrow in ten seconds he was up and at the fellow like a mad bull the girl terrified out of her life screamed and ran away seeing the brave captain laying about him with his heavy silver-headed hunting crop as she fled she never saw the end of the fight she never dared but in the morning when there was no tom farrow to be seen she went out there on the moor and found him she would have spoken then had she dared poor creature but the man's threat was an effective one if she spoke he would do likewise if she kept silent she might go away and her disgrace be safely hidden which she chose we know the damned hound oh no major oh no that's too hard on hounds the only hound-like thing about that interesting gentleman was that he made an attempt to get to cover and to run away i knew that he would i knew that this was his little dodge when he made that little excuse about having to pack up his effects he saw how the game was running and he meant to slip the cable and clear out while he had the chance and you let him do it you never spoke a word but let the blackguard do it gad sir i'm ashamed of you you needn't be major on that score at least please remember that i asked for a couple of grooms to be stationed on the moor i gave them their orders and then went on to farrow's cottage alone if they have followed out those orders we shall soon see 
here he stepped to the door of the stable put his two forefingers between his lips and whistled shrilly in half a minute more the two grooms came into the stable and between them the gallant captain tousled and rather dirty and with his beautiful hair and moustache awry got him my lads i see said cleek yes sir nabbed him sneaking out the back way like you thought he would sir and being as you said it was the major's orders we copped him on the jump and have been holding of him for further orders ever since well you can let him go now said cleek serenely and just give your attention to locking the door and lighting up major doctor mr narkom pray be seated the dear captain is going to give you all a little entertainment and the performance is about to begin as good with your fists as you are with a metal-headed hunting crop captain none of your dashed business what i'm good at replied the captain look here norcross you cut that out at once roared the major if you open your head to me i'll bang it off you you brute well then you mr policeman ready for you in a minute captain don't get impatient said cleek as he laid aside his coat and began to roll up his sleeves rome wasn't built in a day though beauty may be wrecked in a minute you'll have the time of your life this evening you are really too beautiful to live captain and i'm going to come as near to killing you as i know how without actually completing the job you see that poor little highland lassie hasn't a father or brother to do this business for her so she's kindly consented to my taking it on in her behalf i'm afraid i shall break that lovely nose of yours my gay gallant and i don't give a damn if i do a brute that spoiled a woman's life deserves to go through the world with a mark to record it and i'm going to put one on you to the best of my ability all seated gentlemen right you are now then captain come on come on you swine it was twenty minutes later lady mary norcross deep in the obligatory business of dressing for dinner had just taken up a powder-puff and was assiduously dabbing the back of her neck when the door behind her opened softly and the voice of her liege lord travelled across the breadth of the room saying mary may i come in a minute dear i just want to get my cheque-book out of your writing-desk that's all yes certainly come in by all means gave back her ladyship i'm quite alone springer has finished with me and oh good heavens seaton my dear my dear all right don't get frightened it isn't mine and it isn't his either much of it we've been having a little set to at the stable and i got it hugging a policeman seaton yes i know it's awful but i simply couldn't help it damn it mary don't look so shocked i'd have kissed the beggar as well if i thought i could acquire the trick of that heavenly jab with the left that way 
I haven't had such a beautiful time since the day I was twenty-one, darling. He fights like a blooming angel, that chap. What chap? What on earth are you talking about? That man Cleek. Weeping widows, it was the prettiest job you ever saw. We're sending the beggar over to the hospital and... Tell you all about it when I get back. Can't stop just now, dear. Bye-bye. Then the door closed with a smack, and man and checkbook were on their way downstairs. End of section 17